The Grape Nuts Flakes program, starring Orson Welles, who is pinch-hitting for Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Rochester, and yours truly, Don Wilson. pretty good little motto I saw in the tailor shop the other day. A man is not completely well-dressed unless he wears a smile. Pretty good philosophy, huh? And ladies, wouldn't you like to see your husband leave for work every morning with the same completely well-dressed look, a smile? Well, the right kind of breakfast is certainly a great little starter offer. And I can't think of a man or boy who doesn't like crisp, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. And I can't think of a better break for you, ladies, than this easy-to-fix, nourishing breakfast cereal. There's a teasing, pleasing zest to eating Grape Nuts Flakes with that malty-rich, sweet-as-a-nut flavor, your favorite Grape Nuts flavor in toasty brown flake form. And Grape Nuts Flakes are a whole-grain cereal, you know, so they bring you grand all-around nourishment. Better make it Grape Nuts Flakes at breakfast tomorrow, ladies, and remember, Grape Nuts Flakes are not rations. Something for the boys played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to turn the clock back to yesterday morning and show you what happened when our whole gang visited Orson Welles at his motion picture studio where he is writing, acting, directing, producing, and enjoying his new picture. Now, uh, Mary had just returned from the East the night before, so Phil and Dennis stopped by her house to give her a lift. Will you please stay on the outside, driver? We have to make a turn up here. Take it easy, Goldilocks. I know how to handle a car. Okay, sister, okay. <laughs> if you want to drive, come up here and sit on my lap. Nothing doing, honey. That'd be pleasure driving, and they'd take away my gas book. Catch on? <laughs> oh, Phil, behave yourself. You know how nervous I am today. Listen, Mary, there's nothing to be nervous about. You're just going to meet Orson Welles, and he's a nice guy. Well, I hear he's very temperamental. Sure he's temperamental, but who ain't? Take me, for instance. <laughs> you? Sure. My eggs was cold this morning, so I says to Alice, Listen, movie star, go out in the kitchen and give me a retake on this hand fruit. <laughs> I told her. You know, Mr. Harris, that's the way I'm going to treat my wife when I get married. I'm going to be the boss like you are. Who said I was boss? I'm still combing egg out of my hair, bub. <laughs> you know, women in the morning is poison. Watch it, driver. You nearly hit that lamp post. Well, I'd like to see you drive and straighten your girdle at the same time, brother. <laughs> now, that ain't no excuse. Oh, leave her alone, Phil. I know just how she feels. And getting back to Orson Welles, I think he did a great job in the program last week. What did Mr. Benny think of him? Yeah, how did old Sniffle Snoot like the show? <laughs> well, well, when Orson called up Mr. Mortimer, the sponsor, and bawled the heck out of him, Jack thought, sure, we'd all lose our job. He was really worried, huh? Was he? He pulled a string out of his pajamas and tried to hang himself on the bed lamp. 
She was hysterical. Hey, Mr. Harris, isn't that the studio right ahead of us? Yeah, pull up here, driver. Okay, Goldilocks. How much do we owe you, miss? Skip it, handsome. Just give me your phone number. The meter says a dollar and a half. Don't underrate yourself, Junior. So long. (laughs) Gee, I don't know what women see in me. (laughs) Me neither, and I'm a woman. Come on, let's go inside the studio. Wow, get a load of that sign over the gate. Where? Right there. Through these portals pass Orson Welles. Ain't that glad? <laughs> hey, who's this fellow coming toward us with the long black cape and sword in his hand? Well, that must be the gate man. I'll ask him where Mr. Wells is. Hello there. Hold Wallace from state thy mission. And having heard, I trumpet to the walls and sound thy welcome. <laughs> Now, let's all get a load of that character. Yeah. Uh, pardon me. Could you tell us what stage Mr. Wells is on? All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. I'd have given a million bucks if I could mush mouth like that. <laughs> you will find Mr. Wells on stage five. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Parting is such sweet sorrow <laughs> that I shall say goodbye till it be morrow. Longfellow. That Shakespeare. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, come on. Follow me, kid. There's stage five right over there. Gee, I wonder if I should have given that cab driver my phone number. Nah, play hard to get. That's my motto. Dennis, you can figure that out some other time Okay, but I want to get married while I'm young and beautiful (laughs) No use waiting, I gotta have a talk with that kid (laughs) Anytime, anyplace, sister (laughs) All quiet Well, here we are on stage five Being an actor, I'll lead the way Quiet, quiet on the set Hey, who's that guy? Oh, that's Mr. Tootlequirtle, Mr. Wells' secretary. Hello, Mr. Tootlequirtle. Hello, Dennis. Come right in, folks. Mr. Wells is expecting you. How is the old boy, old boy? Oh, he's been in a marvelous mood all morning. His uncle died and left him a pound of butter. (laughs) I don't see Mr. Wells around the set. Where is he? He'll be here shortly, miss. At present, he's in his dressing room with his valet, changing into formal dinner clothes for the next season. This blasted tie, it always comes out longer on one end than the other. Oh, Valet! Valet! Right here, Mr. Wells! Rochester! Rochester, let me ask you something. Yes, Mr. Wells? Why is it that I am able to write, act, direct, and produce a motion picture, and yet I can't tie a simple little bow knot? It's the same with me, Mr. Wells. I can cook, drive a car, clean the house, and answer the phone, but I can't make an eight the hard way. (laughs) Here's your cufflinks, Mr. Wells. Thank you. Incidentally, Rochester, when are we going to continue with that interesting game you've been teaching me, the one that involves those little... Spotted ivory cube. You mean Central Avenue shuffleboard? <laughs> yeah, yes, that's it. Uh, it's a fascinating sport. I don't think you ought to mess around with those cubes anymore, Mr. Wells. 
Why not? If I make one more seven, you'll be handing me my couplings. <laughs> I can't understand it. Ever since you introduced me to this game, I've had bad luck. Well, with my dice, don't look for any improvement. <laughs> they work so well together, I call them Abbott and Costello. Oh, I see. Here, let me help you into your tailcoat. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Rochester, I noticed a dab of ketchup on my gray suit this morning. You may have it. Thanks, Mr. Wells. Ketchup is hard to get nowadays. <laughs> I mean the suit, the suit. Suit is yours. Oh, 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 oh. Well, thanks, Mr. Wells. Thanks very much. What are you so excited about? Hasn't Mr. Benny ever given you an old suit of his? Just the one he wore with Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders. <laughs> In that case, I shall give you a horse, the fine Arabian steed. Mr. Wells, working for you is paradise. Come in. Yes, Miss Harrington. Ready for you on the set, Mr. Wells. Here's the next scene we're shooting for your approval. Good. I'll glance over it. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, this will never do. Only an idiot could compose such drivel. But, but, Mr. Wells, you wrote this yourself. And there's no use waiting. I'll have to have a talk with me. <laughs> Miss Harrington, take down these changes. Yes, Mr. Wells. Instead of a ranch house in Arizona, it shall be a penthouse in New York City. Yes, Mr. Instead Wells. Instead of guitars playing softly in the background, I want a thunderstorm with lightning. How many bolts? At least a dozen. <laughs> And finally, instead of the girl slapping my face when I kiss her, she shall thrust a dagger deep into my bosom. Yes, I shall die. Die? But, Mr. Wells, it's only the second reel. Who'll handle the rest of the picture? My ghost. I shall work in whitewash. <laughs> that is all, Miss Harrington? Yes, Mr. Wells. I'll see you later, Rochester. If anyone calls, I'll be down on stage five being stabbed. <laughs> what a man. Never a dull moment around here. <laughs>
from the tent. Say, Mr. Tootlequirtle, what's keeping Mr. Wells? We've been waiting for him for a half an hour. Yeah, imagine wasting time around here when I could be out somewhere improving my mind. Don't be silly. There are no burlesque shows open this time in the morning. <laughs> oh, I mean with books or something like that. Jeepers, what's that? On your feet, everybody. Mr. Wells is approaching. <laughs> Good morning. This is Orson Welles. Well, uh, Dennis and Phil, I'm glad you dropped by. Have you been here long? Yeah, quite a while, but I told the kids, let's hang around till Orsi gets here. Orsi? Who is Orsi? That's you, silly. <laughs> Orsi. <laughs> That's murder. <laughs> well, who is this charming young lady? Come, come, my dear. Speak up. Well, uh, my name is Mary Livingston, and I'm not the least bit nervous, so there. Now, now, Mary, there's nothing to be nervous about. Why don't you get back to town? Uh, yesterday on the Super Chief, I got off at Pasadena. Oh, I wish I'd known that. I would have arranged for the Tournament of Roses to be held simultaneously with your arrival. <laughs> Gee... I like this guy. Yeah, didn't I tell you that Orson really does things in a big way? Who did anything? He just said it. <laughs> well, uh, Dennis, I have spent years inflating the balloon that is Wells. Please do not puncture it. Yes, sir. <laughs> it took four of us to hold him down. Good heavens. Pardon me, Mr. Wells. What is it, Miss Harrington? Would you mind okaying the budget for this sequence? Not at all. There'll be one change here, Miss Harrington. Instead of wardrobe, $8,000... Make the wardrobe cost $9,000. But, Mr. Wells... But for nothing, I promised one of the extra girls a mink coat. <laughs> that is all, Miss Harrington? Yes, Mr. Wells. Yes, Mr. Wells. Yes, Mr. Wells. Sometimes I wish I weren't perfect so people could differ with me. <laughs> written out for me, I just... Dennis, uh, what are you doing with that script? Oh, I was just looking it over, Mr. Wells. I... Thought there might be a part in it for me where I'm a big lover. Lover? Oh, I'm sorry, Dennis, but you're definitely not the romantic type. Oh, yeah? Did a cab driver ever ask you for your phone number? Yes, and I'm having dinner with her tonight. <laughs> oh, Arthur, you're really on the beam, kid. <laughs> Whatever that is, I'm glad. <laughs> Uh, here's Don Wilson. Uh, hello, Don. Well, hello, Arson. How are you, kid? Hello, Don. Don, glad to see you, Don. Did you have any trouble getting through the gate? No, nah, they just rubbed some Vaseline on him and gave him a shove. <laughs> that Harris is a Lulu. Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris, at this moment, I find it very difficult to refrain from slugging you. <laughs> Well, by the way, Orson, uh, I brought along a copy of what I intend to say about grape nuts flakes on the program tomorrow. Uh, would you like to hear it? Oh, yes, I like to pass on everything that's said on the program, everything. Well, there goes all them jokes I thunk up. <laughs> yes, Phil, I don't want them jokes thinking up the airwaves. <laughs> I'll be darned, I pulled a Lulu myself. <laughs> now you're getting somewhere well, see? <laughs> Thank you. Well, Don, let's hear your message. Okay. Now, about halfway through the program tomorrow night, I'll say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a few words about toasty brown, sweet as a nut, grape nuts flakes. Uh-huh. Just open a 12-ounce economy-sized package for breakfast tomorrow morning, and you will see why grape nuts flakes, with its malty-rich flavor, is America's fastest-growing flake cereal. 
Very good. Go on. But that's all there is, Orson. That's all? That's all you're going to say about great nuts, flakes? Good heavens, man. Use a little imagination. But, Orson... Ah, let me show you what I mean. Miss Harrington, Mr. Tootlequittle, sound effects, please. Yes, yes Mr. Mr. Wells. Faces, everyone. Curtain. Music. Presenting Great Nuts Flakes, I Love You, an Orson Welles production, produced and directed by Mr. Wells, and starring Orson Welles. Ladies and gentlemen, whether you live in the heart of a great metropolis, or on a farm where all is tranquil, Whether your home is in the wintry north or here in sunny California. Hmm. Wherever you live, ladies and gentlemen, you will love the malty, rich flavor of toasty brown, sweet as a nut, grape. Not a flake. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, each economy-sized package contains not one ounce, not two ounces, but 12 ounces of those delicious golden brown flakes. I thank you. I feel much better now. The flakes and I have had our fling. <laughs> oh, by the way, Dennis, speaking of the program, what song are you singing tomorrow? Black Magic. It's a great number. Let me hear it. Can't be any more magic than Rochester's dice. Sing, Dennis. <laughs> Burning desire that only 
the fire For you're the lover I have waited for For may thy fate have me created for And every time your lips be Excellent, Dennis. I like that number very much. You may sing it on the program tomorrow. Thank you. However, the following Sunday, I think you should do something operatic. I want you to sing the quartet from Rigoletto. <laughs> but, Mr. Wells, the quartet is four different voices. I'll handle the other three. <laughs> Gosh, you mean you're going to sing soprano, contralto, and baritone at the same time? Yes, Dennis. That I gotta hear. <laughs> You will, you will. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd better get on with my picture. What a busy guy. He's a bee with brains. Well, by the way, Orson, what's the title of this picture you're making? Well, I've called my story very simply The March of Destiny. It deals with everything that ever happened. <laughs> From the beginning of creation to the present day. Hey, Orson, is there anything in it about me? Well, no, Phil. My picture is handled entirely in symbolic retrospect. What? What was that? Give me that again. He could give you that all day long. You wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> Sit down, will you? Oh, Mr. Wells, a terrible thing has happened. Miss Sevilla, your leading lady, has just eloped to Las Vegas with Jeffrey Hamilton. Jeffrey Hamilton? Yes, the man who plays the part of your brother in today's sequence. What will we do? I have a very simple solution. Mary, you shall be my leading lady. Your leading lady? Gosh. Phil, you'll be my brother. Your brother? Are we twins? Heaven forbid. <laughs> well, let's get started, shall we? Here's your script, Mary. Gee, if I'm going to be your leading lady, I'd better throw away this bubble gum. No, keep it. I may have you do a dance later. <laughs> Pardon me for interrupting, Mr. Wells, but we just had a long-distance call from Mr. Benny. From Mr. Benny? What did he want? He wanted to know if I was happy in my new job working for you. What'd you tell him? I lied, now he's happy. <laughs> I know Jack. He didn't call long distance from Chicago just to find out if Rochester was happy. wonder what else he wanted. Well, he's getting better. Maybe he wanted to know if that cab driver has a friend. <laughs> That's probably it. Now, Mary, Phil, before we rehearse, I think I'd better explain the scene to you. The quiet, everybody. Mr. Wells is explaining. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mary, in this scene, you as my fiancé and Phil as my brother have parts which overshadow mine in dramatic intensity. You mean we're more important than you are? 
Definitely. The motivation of the scene, its mood and pulse and tempo, rests entirely in your hands. I want my face in the picture, too. Mary, please. Please. You, Phil, will play the part of my younger brother, who is a cheat, a cur, and a scoundrel. Oh, I get it a heel without a soul. <laughs> oh, that air is solid when he gets rolling. <laughs> Phil, you're a genius, and I ought to know. Now, as the scene opens, I enter your apartment, Phil, unexpectedly, and to my surprise, I find my sweetheart in your arms. Remember, Mary, you and Phil carry the burden of the scene. Okay. Right, now let's try it. They're quiet on the set. Mr. Wills is about to emote. Thank you. The door opens. What? What's this? Mildred, what are you doing here? Answer me, I say. What are you doing in my brother's apartment? Well... No explanations are necessary. <laughs> I have eyes. I'm not blind to what's been going on. If I hadn't been madly in love with you, Mildred, I'd have brought things to a climax long ago. And now, Clarence, what have you got to say? Well... Alibis! <laughs> alibis? Nothing but Alibis. <laughs> To think that the two of you have been together every afternoon for months. Why are you looking at me like that, Mildred? Have you something to tell me? Come, speak up. Well... Never mind, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're going to say it's, it's me you love and that Clarence is just a passing fancy. You're both strangely quiet. Why don't you speak up? Is it because your guilt is so obvious? Well, I... Wait a minute, that's my line. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Come on, Mary, give me, give me the cue. Well. well. I've said well so much, I feel like the old oaken bucket. <laughs> okay, well... This is the end, Mildred. Our engagement is broken. Shattered beyond repair. <laughs> but you may keep the engagement ring I gave you. That is, if you want it. Well... It's yours! <laughs> I must leave now. And as for you, Clarence, if you ever so much as cross my path again, I shall thrash you within an inch of your life. Goodbye. Clarence, my love, kiss me. Darling, I love you. No, 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 let's cut that. After my exit, the scene is definitely over. Uh, <laughs> all right, places, everyone. Let's shoot it. Camera, light, action! Ladies, ever stop to think of all the wonderful new substitutes being worked out these days to take the place of things of which we're short? Like the amazing Aralac dress material made of milk and the substitute for silk conjured up out of coal tar and air. But there's one thing we don't need to find a substitute for because it's abundant and you don't have to give up any precious ration stamps for it. That's the whole grain cereals our government nutrition program is asking us to eat more of. Whole grain cereals such as delicious toasty brown grape nuts flakes are plentiful, thrifty, and one of the most nourishing foods you can serve. In every bowl full of malty-rich grape nuts flakes and milk, 
you get a goodly amount of minerals, vitamins, proteins, and carbohydrates, many of the same food essentials found in meat. So while you're enjoying that distinctive sweet-as-a-nut flavor, you're getting the type of all-around nourishment that can help you make up for other food shortages in your meals. So serve more whole grain cereals. Ask your grocer for Grape Nut Flakes, delicious, nutritious, thrifty, and not racist. And so, until next Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, this is your obedient servant, Orson Welles. And Mary, I'm glad you're back on the show. It's been a pleasure working with you today. Same here, Orson. Good night, everybody. Good night, doll. Genius, but this program is written by Bill Maher and Eddie Beloyne.